Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work. Welcome to Engage for Success Radio and show number 479 in our weekly series. Engage for Success is a not-for-profit movement and the UK's leading voice on the topic of employee engagement. We are out there raising awareness and running events through our area networks around the country, and our topic and sector-specific thought and action groups are developing research, publishing case studies, and shining a light on great practice. Now, you can visit engageforsuccess.org to learn more and sign up for our weekly newsletter so you never miss out on any of the great free resources, events, and updates. And I'm Andy Gorham. I'm your host for today and founder of BizJuicer, an employee engagement and culture development consultancy that helps companies retain more of their great people and makes it easier for them to attract fabulous new talent too. At Engage for Success, our purpose is to inspire both people and workplaces to thrive. And goodness only knows how much that has been put to the test over the last few years. Our recent report into the state of employee engagement in the UK since the pandemic showed that during that time it dropped significantly, pretty much everywhere, with an average drop of around 11%. And so far, we've only recovered only close to a third of that drop. So we're still 8% down on pre-pandemic levels. Now, during that time, the workplace has seen many changes as businesses and employees seek to find a balance between how to drive the business forward and cope with the changing needs and expectations of employees. Now, one particular area of focus has been the rise of flexible working and workplaces. If you chuck in the term flexible working into Google, in less than half a second, it's going to return over a billion search results. And flexible workplaces brings back over 16 million so it's a popular topic. But what does it mean? What does that really look like? And how does it differ from the myriad of versions of hybrid working that many people and businesses are still battling to make work today? Well, my guest today is Ursula Tavender. Ursula is joint CEO of Flexbo, an innovative startup organization that exists to make the world of work more inclusive for everyone through its events flexible working consultancy and flexbro a software that helps teams have better conversations and help them make more flexible working really work for them she's an incredibly passionate advocate for equal career and working opportunities for all and through her work is trying to help businesses support flexible ways of working and bring about a real shift in business culture so that more people regardless of their role, circumstances, or working pattern, can stay and progress in work. I'm looking forward to hearing about how Ursula is currently fighting the good fight and hearing her views on what we still need to do to create a better working environment for everyone. Welcome to the show, Ursula. Thank you so much for having me, Andy. It's lovely to be here with you. And it's always it's always quite humbling to hear yourself read back to you like it's a, it's a strange and surreal experience but um I'm really really happy to be here so thank you for having me well hopefully that's the most uncomfortable you'll be over the next sort of 30 <laughs> minutes or so as we as we chat through this stuff I'm I'm genuinely really interested to hear about this quest of yours to improve 
workplace and and working opportunities but before we get into that just do us a little bit of a favor could you could you just give us a little bit of background on you and the things that you're currently focused on of course thank you um so i am first and foremost um i have a wonderful family so i have two uh, amazing children um who are nine two boys nine and four um and we live down on the south coast um so we have an incredible life down here um and I they I think it's fair to say that without becoming a parent I probably wouldn't be half the person that I am you know Mm -hmm. it it really has um crystallized the person that I am and I and who I want to be and that is someone who makes good things happen in the world um and before they were born I had uh significant mental health challenges so I was um, very unwell with a debilitating eating disorder for a long time and part of my motivation to get better was so that I could start my husband and I could start a family and um when things got to the point in my illness where it became very clear that I wasn't going to be able to heal myself which obviously now I think is you know looking back is a ridiculous notion but when I was in the grips of it I felt I should be able to heal myself you know I felt I should be able to as a privileged educated professional capable person that I should be able to fix it and I couldn't and I became increasingly unwell um and I swore to myself that where it got if it got to the point where I was my performance at work was impacted so I was um in communications at the time um working for a large housing organization and I went to my boss eventually sort of admitted defeat I went to her and I said you know I'm I'm really really struggling here and I expected her to sign me off and she didn't she insisted that I got psychiatric help as an outpatient before it got to the point where I would need to be treated as an inpatient and she insisted that I work flexibly around my hospital appointments and I don't honestly think it's any exaggeration to say that flexible working in part was responsible for saving my life because had you taken away my work at that point when I was already struggling enormously I think it would have been even worse I think I would have spiraled even further because without my work and without the purpose of of the work that I had you know we we were working to improve housing um, you know I've always been incredibly purpose-driven and so to take that away she saw what I didn't see I think to take that away from me would have would have made it worse so um, that was my first real understanding of the the power of, of flexibility and of a workplace that you know provided a, a culture in which you were safe to be able to talk about your personal circumstances and be supported and, and not be treated differently as a result of your personal circumstances. Um, I then went on to, to have um, my wonderful first son. And at the same time, my husband developed some pretty life-changing health conditions. So he ended up needing a kidney transplant um, and his recovery was really complex. Um, and again, you know, when you find yourself as somebody with some pretty complicated personal circumstances, finding your place in the world of work as it was back then in the um, sort of 2010, 2012 and onwards. Um, The world was very different then pre-COVID. And um, I said to him, we were both self-employed by this point. I said to him, you know, take some time for you, take some time for your recovery, because the first two years after the transplant were really complicated, Mm. very rocky. Um, And I couldn't find 
anything out there that was you know wouldn't have involved me saying goodnight to our son on a Sunday night and then pretty much not seeing him till the following Saturday morning and after everything we'd been through as a family it just felt like a compromise too far that you know we just weren't willing to make that compromise so um I became quite angry at that point but you know I felt like I had a lot to give to the world of work I felt like you know I was in my 30s and I, I was just getting started really and all of a sudden there was no place for me um and that felt really awful um and I was I was full of rage about it Andy to be honest with you and, and I decided to channel that rage in the most positive way that I could think of which was to wade my way in and get involved in helping the world of work to become more inclusive so that one day I hope um no one regardless of their personal circumstances um will feel excluded and will find a place um in the world of work which they deserve and so that's what what has always driven me um in this in this work um and so it began with um consulting with organizations it happened sort of quite organically in the end mm. um primarily at first through uh, parent and carer networks running you know well-being initiatives on you know supporting people to manage the juggle between their personal commitments and their um their um their work mm. um and then over time uh i switched the focus of the consultancy um as organizations were saying to me it's great that we're doing this for our people but what else can we be doing and what are other organizations doing um and so I started to uh, work with companies specifically on making flexible working work as the as the number one way to to make work more accessible and inclusive for everybody. Um, and then I spoke at an event called Flexbo back in 2018. Um, and originally Flexbo was conceived uh, as an event by my wonderful friend and business partner and partner in all things life now, um, <laughs> Madeline Cole. Uh, and it was originally conceived as a way to connect people looking for flexible work with progressive employers who were offering flexible vacancies. Um, and that happened at Sandown Racecourse, the first ever event uh, there. But we found that um, lots of people leaders were registering for that event, wanting it to be an event that would help them to connect with other people leaders on the same path. And where they could hear best practice and inspirational stories around other organizations making it really work and this is in a pre-covid world where there wasn't anything like that so at that point um Madeline asked me to um come on board formally um, not just as a speaker and a kind of informal member of the advisory board for Flexpo um and what we decided to do in 2020 as, as covid hit was um, join our businesses together. So um, create Flexbo Limited as a company that offered the events. Um, and then beyond the events, the people leaders that come along can then lean on us for support longer term as they implement different ways of working. Um, and we spent uh, last year developing our software product, which is Flexpro. Um, and that comes from a one of the most powerful frameworks that um, we've used uh, within organisations to transform the culture around flexible working and it's so, it's so funny because I, I find it really um, quite challenging to talk about sometimes because it came out of my brain you know and it's always <laughs> like a little bit um, yeah I think I, I still I've still got some work to do on the old imposter syndrome piece I think but um, but essentially it's a, it's a tool to help 
teams have better conversations, take the pressure off of managers to have all the answers. Um, and so regardless of whether you are in a frontline role, which you know means that you are not able to work in a hybrid um, or remote way, um, you can make flexibility work. So you can add elements of flexibility to your team and to your role based on what's important to everybody. And also your interpretation of what the company's approach is, because what we so often find and where the, where the tool came from in the first place was, I was wanting to create solutions for companies that were experiencing inconsistency with the adoption of flexible working um, as a result of the fact that beyond the implementation of a policy or of a, an approach, there wasn't an awful lot of support available for managers or for teams. So that's where it originated from. Um, and in creating the digitized version of, of that, what we want to do is enable any company of any size or type to be able to use it to make flexible working work. Um, not every company can afford consultancy, not everyone has the budget for that. Um, it's just a way of bringing that, that tool and that, that change uh, process, I guess, to, to the masses really, which we're really, really excited about. Wow. Um, where do you go from there? Firstly, um, thank you so much for sharing your personal story because that really does open up where your passion for this comes from. I mean, that that's an incredibly moving story. I'm sure it was a very, very difficult time. And how wonderful to hear somebody that's been through, you know, considerable personal adversity, uh, really channel that into something uh, as positive as you are doing today. So look, really, thank you so much for sharing that story. Um, I feel like a, a bit of a, an intruder here. I really should just, the host is not needed in this, in this regard. Just, just wind you up and let you tell your story, Ursula. It's fantastic. Um, if anybody should have no imposter syndrome, it's somebody who's gone through what you've gone through and is doing something like you're doing. Um, but let's get into some of that, shall we? Um, I mentioned in the introduction that there is, frankly, a, a lot of activity and noise in this area um, currently, and many people are still struggling to make things like flexibility and, I guess, the link of hybrid working work. I'm interested to understand, with everything that you've spoken about so far, what do you think makes you different and where are you seeing real success? Thanks. First of all, before I answer that question, thank you for those kind words, Andy. Um, I think you're doing yourself a massive disservice because you've, you know, you've created a safe environment where I feel like I'm able to share everything. So um, thank you for that. Um, I, in answer to your question, I feel like um, Maddie and I and our team, we're absolutely determined to do things in a different way. Mm -hmm. um, the world of work has irrevocably changed as a result of, of the COVID pandemic. And I think that um, quite soon after it began, we started to see that this was the opportunity of a lifetime. You know, it, prior to COVID, we had been banging a lot of doors that were closed and um, COVID presented some silver linings, although, you know, globally, it was an incredibly, it was a tragedy, isn't it? And a, a mm. huge trauma for for us collectively to go through we believe that there are some powerful silver linings to that and and one of those is that um companies have been awoken to the 
the power, as I mentioned earlier, of, of, of creating an inclusive workplace that makes it possible for everyone to be to be part of it. And the talent that you can access as a result of that and the, the difference it makes to people's lives and therefore the difference it makes to their output as well. And their, their engagement, I think, is is very evident. Mm-hmm. Um, and so many companies are still settling. You know, they're still trialing different ways of working, which is um, inspiring to see. You know, there's I think COVID's really encouraged more experimentation and and bolder decision making because it, it people leaders had to had to be bolder than perhaps they'd ever had to be before um and we want to really capitalize on the humanity of it so the the pandemic united us all as humans in a way that i can't think of any other global event that could do that because it affected absolutely everybody um in some way and at a basic level we all wanted to stay connected as humans and and that's the sentiment that we're taking forward in in our business is that we're all in this together you know and as businesses change and evolve and and you know experiment with different ways of working but also take inspiration from um other leaders doing incredible things um we want to bring those people together Mm-hmm. um to share in that humanity um to do business in a different way that that focuses on people um and as a result businesses become more successful and that's that's where we believe it's it's people before profit but it's people so that profit can happen you know it's uh, sure no i i get it and you've mentioned leadership quite a number of times um so far and i mean this is going to sound like a daft question but in your opinion ursula what do you what do you really think the role of leadership is in bringing forth i i guess effective productive and sustainable workplace flexibility Mm. changes because i mean sustainable i think is a key word in there because we've seen lots of experimentation like you say but up and down and backwards and forth and and it's still not quite working so with that role of leadership in mind and and thinking about where you see the changes we still need to make going forwards how would you how do you bring those two things together it's an ongoing challenge isn't it and i think that that because we're flying in the face of the way a lot of us have been brought up in that what we're asking for is a huge degree of vulnerability Mm. in making it possible for people to experiment and therefore make mistakes um and lots of us are not accustomed to that level of vulnerability particularly at work um and i think that that is a trait among leaders which is among the most important um and and the most successful examples that we're seeing in in among the companies that we're privileged to work with um are where from the very top of an organization there is that permission slip almost to make all kinds of mistakes and um you know i think that that vulnerability piece is really really important and i think that is still very much a part of the evolution of leadership and um what we um want to do is bring those leaders together um to be inspired by each other uh and you know it's 
it's so important that people leaders have the support that they need when their role has expanded so much through the last few years mm-hmm. um and so many of them say to us that you know they feel like they're doing it alone almost um and some of them are battling in a way internally because there isn't always the buy-in um at board level um among a leadership team um lots and lots of people are still you know the jury's still out on the on the business case for inclusion and the messaging from government isn't always as supportive as it could be um we could have an entire conversation (laughs) i couldn't wait but we won't open that can of worms andy not today that is a Um, big old can of worms (laughs) it is and and actually we'll be talking about that next week at flexbo so flexbo is happening um and i uh i'm so excited because um through covid we um kept bringing people leaders together digitally um and we had Flexbo Live booked uh, at the Business Design Centre in uh, in Islington for the 3rd and 4th of November. And then um, the rail strikes had a different plan for us. Mm. Um, so we've been thwarted quite a few times. Um, and now, finally, um, Flexbo is happening next Tuesday and Wednesday uh, on the 21st and 22nd of February um, at the Business Design Centre. And we've got hundreds of people leaders coming along um, to be part of the Flexbo community. Um, and to find a home, you know, to to find other leaders who are on the same path. But also it's really important, I think, when lots of organisations get kind of paraded around as they're smashing it, you know, they're the poster child for inclusion, they're the poster child for flexible working. There's lots and lots of brilliant stuff happening. Mm. Um, and what we hear sometimes is that actually other people leaders that that makes them feel like they can't then share what they're doing because it's not quite finished or it's not quite where it needs to be and there's it's so important to us that that people have the opportunity to um explore the messy middle of of change projects and the you know the path towards becoming a more inclusive workplace this work is never ever done and and i think that one of the most important things for us is to bring people together um, and so that they can learn from each other, they can have that peer-to-peer support and they can um, find that home and they can um, be inspired certainly by the extraordinary um, lineup of incredible people professionals who are giving their time to, um, you know, to share their thought leadership and their experiences and, and their research and their um, services, you know, it is really a truly um yeah, humbling to be part of something that is so hopefully, um, and I can see it as it's coming together, going to have incredible impact for hundreds of thousands of employees um, across the country whose workplaces will hopefully become um, more inclusive for them as a result. I'm sure it will. I mean, I'm just reflecting on some of the things that you've you've mentioned there because I'm interested to sort of understand some of the, I, I guess, the outcomes that you're looking to get from the event but if i think back to you know our four enablers at engage for success include one called organizational integrity right which is this minimization of the say do gap between what what we say i guess as, as leaders and what actually happens um and i think there's an incredible short-term pressure on a lot of leaders to 
get the results, which is why I think without opening up any more cans of worms, <laughs> the sort of the, the, the cultural job that's never done, the inclusion stuff that's that's never done, the, the progressive stuff that's never done always comes with a longer term or need. Um, and it, it often it is pushed out for short-term requirements. And I think you, you need a healthy balance of the two. I think actually having a space where leaders can come together to sort of share that 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 pain and that thought process is is very interesting. And I'm sure that community helps leaders to be more consistent and minimize that say do get when they hear what other people are facing and what and what they're doing. Mm. Uh because I think that phrase, the messy middle, is <laughs> Is such an apt description of all of these things that I guess hopefully the majority of people, when we think about bringing humanity back into business after the, after the, the the pandemic, people get that I think, but they're so challenged in seeing it through. Yeah. And I, I suspect events like this are fantastic catalysts in making it happen. I'm interested to find out a little bit more about about the event and particularly i understand that there are i guess some pledges that you're trying to sort of like push make get people to think about as a result of of the event and the surrounding information around it can you just perhaps shine a bit more light on that for me yeah of course thank you andy um so part of what we do i think it's really important to us that that there is a sustainability Mm. um consideration because the last thing anybody wants is to give their time to come to an event and then it's over and then you know people go back to their lives um we want to make sure that the impact of the work that happens at flexpo and the outcomes of the conversations that happen there are um shared more widely mm-hmm. um and so what we'll be asking people leaders to do at flexpo is um to sign pledge there's several kind of options they can say that they completely commit to all the pledge commitments or they you know um they're considering it or they already do it you know that kind of thing that that everybody will be in a different place but um but what we want to do is um to illustrate to parliament that the proposed legislative changes are um great progress and it's going in in the great direction but actually um, around 70% of the employers that responded to the consultation around the change in law for flexible working are actually already making flexible working available mm. by default uh, from day one of employment. So lots of companies will not be affected by the new legislation. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we want to show is the scale of the appetite for more progress um, and to demonstrate what is what is happening and what we'd like people leaders to do is to commit that they will review um, jobs for the options for flexible working Um, and the TUC recently found that around 62% of people leaders said that would be relatively easy to do Mm. um, which is encouraging Um, we'd like them to begin to advertise clearly the options for flexible working that exist um, for roles in job descriptions and job adverts um, when they when they're recruiting um, and we'd like for all um, jobs to be available on a flexible basis by default, not by request, because we know that around 30% of flexible working requests are turned down um, and putting candidates, particularly vulnerable candidates who may have a um, a 
a caring responsibility, they might have a disability, they might be neurodivergent, they might have a mental or physical health condition that they live with. Um, putting the onus on them to talk about flexible working during a recruitment process, when we know that many people simply will not do that because they fear that it puts them at risk of discrimination right from the outset if they're up against other candidates who do not require mm. request flexible working. Um, you know, we believe there's a better way. So those are the three things that we're asking employers to consider. And what we'll be doing is sharing the outcomes of the of the pledge with um, some of the all party parliamentary groups that we're members of um, and presenting uh, the, the pledge outcomes to um, to Parliament alongside the outcomes of some think tank conversations and sessions which will be happening at the event. Um, so yeah, we we are trying to um, keep the conversation going and keep the keep the content very um, organic and, and evolving, so that we can um, have greater impact beyond beyond the show and and create access to um, yeah larger change really. Well, this this show is going out on the eve of of, of Flexbo. Is there still time for people to sign up? Um, or where can they find out more if they need to? Absolutely. Go to flexbo.co.uk um, and you can check out the uh, extraordinary agenda. Um, you know, it's it really is going to be quite amazing. Um, it's not being recorded, so um, it's it's important to us that it's a live show, a live mm. event. Um, so it's at the Business Design Centre in, in Islington for two days. Um, it's free to attend uh, for people leaders. Um, and yeah, it's 9.30 to 4.30 on both days. Um, there's tons going on. We've got three theatres um lots of different content um so yeah it's uh, we'd love to see you there amazing ursula i would have loved to have spoken to you for a lot lot longer but <laughs> that, that is a, <laughs> that is about all the time we have for today um right everyone don't forget to visit engageforsuccess.org to check out the show notes and all of our fab free engagement resources where you can also download or stream any of the great shows for our archive at your leisure ursula genuinely thank you so much for sharing your thoughts and that story and your experiences and advice with us today and i i wish you all the very best with your event thank you so much for having me andy i've really really loved this conversation thank you it's been an absolute pleasure okay everyone we'll be back again at the same time next week i'm Eddie gorham and thanks for listening to engage for success radio engage for success radio raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.